So margin is this rhythm of I have moments where I'm all out, mm-hmm. right? And and there's not a big gap between my pace and my limit, but I've also got to have moments where I, where I roll back. So So you've got to know the season that you're in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast. I'm Robert sitting here with Chad. And today we're going to be talking about, as we're kind of wrapping up how to enjoy your life, we're talking about margin. Chad, how do I know if I'm lacking margin in my life? Uh, You're normal. (laughs) That's how you know. Um, so let's just talk about what the word margin means, because sometimes you, you say that word and we just assume everybody, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, lacking margin means there's no space in your life. Mm-hmm. E- everything is maxed out. Uh, the RPMs of your life are, are redlined. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how you know if you're lacking margin. You're tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're broke. Uh, you're not enjoying your life. Um, and... You're sitting around going, why am I doing this? Yeah. Uh, like all the time. Uh, I'll tell you how I know when I'm lacking margin. This is this is weird, but I'll give you a little insight to my life. It's when I don't like the dog. <laughs> so at my house, it's my wife and I. I have an 18-year-old. I have a 12-year-old. And we have a, a great big dog named Charlie. And when the dog is just an irritant to me, he comes lays his big head on my lap, you know, or wants to be petted or whatever. And I'm just like, get away from me. Go lay down. You know, if I'm like that... I'm like, okay, I'm spent. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's no margin means you're redlined. Yeah. You don't have anything else to give. You're tired all the time. You're kind of moody and grumpy. Uh, I said broke because if you don't have any margin financially, you mm-hmm. won't have any money. Uh, shocking thing. If you spend more money than you make. Yeah. Uh, you won't have any money. That's right. There's no uh, that's, margin there. That's not a mystery. That's just math. Uh, it's those kinds of things. I'm redlined. Yeah. Uh, in, in different areas of my life. Yeah, I've heard the definition. Margin is the the difference between our pace and our limits. And so, whatever your your pace or uh, the the amount you're spending, talking about finances and your limits, how much you're bringing in, income, expenses, or energy. It's not always just schedule. Uh, sometimes it's energy. Sometimes I have time on my schedule at the end of the day to be with my family, but I, I've exceeded my my limits on energy. I got nothing left in the tank. Yeah. And so I'm I'm a shell in a room and and the kids see me there, they see my body there, but I'm I'm kind of absent. I'm my mind is somewhere else or I'm just kind of eyes glazed over whatever. Um, margin is the difference between your your pace and your limits. So why is it important? That's a really good definition by the way. Hey, thanks man. Nice job teaching I got it, pastor. I got it from somebody else. Well, I figured but Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so I think for a lot of people they go well, I haven't quite reached my limit, so I'm going to add something more. Yeah. I'm going to add something, and I'm going to go right up to that limit. But then here's how life works. Something else that you weren't planning on yeah. is going to happen, whether that's, again, financial. That's a great example. Okay, so I'm living, I'm spending every dime that I have, and then the car breaks down. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting the car to break down, but now all of a sudden I'm past my limit. I don't, I don't have any margin. Well, th- think about it this way. If you're exercising... And uh, our small group meets on Tuesday nights, and there's a guy in our small group, cool guy, and he races motorcycles. Mm-hmm. He's an airline pilot, mm-hmm. and then he, he races motorcycles, meaning— So he, he sounds like uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun right there, now. There you go. Yeah. And he's taller. 
I just noticed when people are tall. That was a sidebar, but here we go. Okay, so he races motorcycles around the track. He's one of these guys that, you know, you, you see them lean way over their knees, like dragging the— yep. Yeah, yep. He's, he's, he's one of these guys. And um, he's in really good shape. And I'm like, how many calories are you burning when you are on the bike? And he goes, well, if it's a 30-minute race, he said, my, my, uh, my heartbeat is, is, is 170— I'm like, so you're maxed out, just about maxed out. It's like a sprint. Anaerobic exercise. Yeah, for for 30 minutes. And he's like, yeah. Because he's like at the house and he's eating whatever he wants or whatever. (laughs) And he's he's older than I am, but he's just, you know, in really good shape. That's the difference between his motorcycle ride and your motorcycle ride, where you get on your your (laughs) Indian motorcycle. I can eat a cheeseburger (laughs) while I'm riding my motorcycle, right? It's a little bit different. But but he's just all out uh, during that race. Now, here's, here's the thing. In exercise, if you're just, there's got to be moments when you're all out. You want to redline your body. I mean, you want to sweat. You left mm-hmm. it all on the field. You know, you want those moments, but you can't sustain no. that. So, so margin is this rhythm of, I have moments where I'm all out, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's not a big gap between my pace and my limit, but I've also got to have moments where I, where I roll back. So, so you've got to know the season that you're in. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a car, right? When the car runs out of gas, it has exceeded mm-hmm. its limit yep. uh, and it won't run and it won't function. So as much as you can drive 80 miles per hour, mm-hmm. at some point, yep. you got to slow down and fill up the car again for it to keep going. Yeah, so that's can, what we're talking yeah. about. We're talking about margin. Are there places in your life where you refuel? Uh, there's some space in case something happens. Mm-hmm. Uh or are you just maxing it out all the time? Yeah, I, I don't think we, and, and we being just humans on planet Earth in this time period that we're in, specifically, let's talk about Americans. I don't think we realize the, the current pace that we run at compared to previous time periods where, you know, people got up with the sun. Yeah. And they went to bed when the sun went down. Yeah. And, and, and there was margin in their life. We're in a technology saturated. We have all this technology that we've created so that life would be easier. But all we've done is now subjugated ourselves to technology. We are slaves of all these machines we've created, including our cell phones that have our attention all day long. I just talked to a guy uh, this morning and he texted me mm-hmm. uh, and he was like, how come he didn't text me back? I'm like, well, because I put my phone in a drawer upstairs and mm-hmm. I had small group. I didn't even know you texted me until till this morning. He's like, wait a minute. You put your phone <laughs> in a drawer where you can't even see it? Yeah. I go, let me go further. There have been moments in the past couple of years I've thought about getting rid of my iPhone and getting a flip phone. Yep. And the reason I haven't done it is because I travel and I got to have the, you know, Siri's got to tell me how to get somewhere when I go somewhere. There, there's a, there's actually a, a movement of people that are going, Hey, here's how to, here's how to make your smartphone a dumb phone and take these apps off mm-hmm. and turn these here. Here's the only apps you can have on your phone. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's this new, like growing, like cool hip. Oh, it's this revolutionary thing. Well, a lot of the big tech moguls, they've already been doing that. They're, they're paying extra money to put their kids in tech free schools because they understand what this is doing to our culture and our, our psyche as, as a society. Yeah. Um, the people that create it don't use it mm-hmm. because they know the potential of it to destroy the, 
the soul because it, it maxes out, right? There's, there's no, there's no margin in your, in your brain. It actually dumbs you down. It does. So here, just quick exercise here. When you are, when, if you're listening, when was the last time you were bored? Like, think about right now. When was the last time you're like, man, I'm just so bored. I got nothing to do. Because that used to be a thing. It used to happen to humans. Uh, in fact, it happened to me a lot as a kid, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s. Uh, boredom was a thing. It's not a thing anymore. Because we have infinity on our phones. And any time that I'm bored now, without even thinking about it, I pick up my phone. I can mm. engage on social media. I love being bored. It's amazing. If my kid says I'm bored, I just look at him and go, I wish I were you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a lost art of being bored that I wish for every listener right now to have moments, not all the time, but moments that you go, I'm kind of bored right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the last podcast, I talked about this little moment with Katrina and I, and mm-hmm. you know, she's like, would you please learn how to enjoy your life? You know, that, that kind of thing. And um, so I have a friend of mine. This sounds so weird. So like I'm being coached in how to rest, right? And I had this friend of mine and he was like, dude, when you get to a point where you can just sit and do nothing, that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. And so one day I'm, I'm sitting on the patio. It's when the weather was nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hot right now, but I'm sitting on our patio and uh, I'm just drinking a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And Katrina comes out and she goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, I guess nothing. And she looked at me and said, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> she like came over and hugged me, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, don't, we don't understand uh, margin. Yeah. I, I'll admit, I, I have pace addiction to where I'm always wanting to be doing something. And, and if there is margin, if there is a gap, I'll find something to fill it with. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the problem with that. And I'm, I'm confessing that out loud. And this is something God's been convicting me of. I'm, I'm working on. Um, how many people have you seen where all of a sudden their whole world implodes because mm-hmm. they've been running at a pace. It's the, I, I got on the treadmill. I've been sprinting this whole time and now my heart stopped because I never took a rest. I never took a break. I never let that heart rate go down. Uh, how many people have you seen that are really quote unquote successful? in life by all of our standards and they're accomplishing and yet their whole world comes collapsing down and you, and you look back and you go, they never had margin yeah. to make sure their souls were healthy. One of the things that um, I'm learning because it's subconscious with me. Um, so I, I, I was for the most of my childhood raised by a single mom. Um, you know, she, she did a, a good job. We were fed, you know, all those, all those kinds of things, but I, I wasn't living in a big white collar neighborhood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, so there was always something in me that said, I'm going to, I'm going to be successful. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is I've, I've learned this over the past even months. I always equate successful with, with money. Mm-hmm. And so when I was younger, I would, I would, you know, buy things I couldn't afford with money I didn't have to impress people I don't know mm-hmm. because I equated success with money or at least looking like I, I had I had money. I want to I want to add something real quick and, and then keep going. You, you mentioned last week we, we worship this God of potential. Yeah. Uh, we also worship the God of accumulation. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, I think, what drives us is that I just need more, just that's, a little bit more. That's exactly where mm-hmm. I'm going. So you're buying stuff with money you don't have to impress people you don't know. Yeah, it's, it's this idea that success is financial. Mm-hmm. 
I'm changing my definition. Uh, God is changing the definition in me. Um, to where success is much more holistic. Mm-hmm. And I even catch myself going, yeah, that guy's a successful guy. He built this business, whatever. And the problem is the English language, right? So it can mean different things. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about success in life, man, it's so much larger than just financial. Mm-hmm. Um, now, people who say they don't care about money are going to lie about other things too. Okay. So, th- mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's an important piece of life. Um, especially if, if you're the breadwinner and it's your responsibility to take care of your home, you know, and your, your kids and all of that. Uh, but it's, it's only a sliver, mm-hmm. right? And I'm at a, I'm at a place where, um, money's not the end all be all of enjoying your life. And yet we have in our mind, and I'm a pastor, I've known this for a while. I'm just telling you the subconscious thing in me that drives me sometimes. Um, success is much bigger. Mm-hmm. Some of the most successful people I know, uh, live in a small town. Right, mm-hmm. they're kind of blue collar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they lived a simple life, but man, they raised great kids. Yeah. Uh, my gosh, they're married after sixty years. Um, you know, they enjoy their life. They fish with their grandkids, and I'm like, that's success. And yet, we all have this idea that Elon Musk is successful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not picking on on Elon, but you know, is he? Mm-hmm. Like when, when you in, look at, in, in some areas, sure. Yeah, but when you look at the total package, yeah. right? What do you want? Yeah. At, out of life and, 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 and how do you enjoy your life and what do you need to say no to so you can say yes to something more important? We've got to be thinking about all of those dynamics. And, and to look at the whole of scripture, if you, if you were to just to, to study through scripture, there's this principle at play, Old Testament, New Testament, where you have Solomon, end of his life in Ecclesiastes, he's going, man, if you have food <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you can and you can just enjoy your toil like that is a gift from God like that and this is a guy who had in our eyes success everything uh, and some other areas kind of fell apart in his life and he's looking back going it, it's actually these simple things and you have Paul going man if I have food and clothing uh, I'm I'll be content with that and he's summarizing what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount look at the birds they God's gonna feed them look at the fields the, the lilies and and look at how well they're clothed like yeah. it's these simple little things and learning to be content with the little things mm-hmm. I believe is the key to keeping margin in our life and, and finding peace and enjoyment well what's fascinating is so now we're talking about money um, what's fascinating is the guy that wrote if you've got enough food to eat and you can take care of your family. Uh, and you can be content with that. That's, that's a gift. Uh, the wealthiest man that's ever lived wrote that. Yeah. And he spends most of the time in that book saying meaningless, meaningless, everything's meaningless. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets to the end and says, Hey, it's, it's about God and people, you know, shocker, Mm -hmm. right? Love God, love people. Um, that's such a big lesson to learn. And to your point, there is a God of accumulation. Mm -hmm. Why do I need more? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when we moved, uh, I mean, it's been several years ago now, but we moved from one house to another and I'm like, why do we have all this crap? Yeah. Like I hadn't even seen this in a while. Why, why do I, why do we even have it? And we kind of went through this clean out moment, but yeah, simplicity is, is a huge factor in enjoying your life. The more you have, the more you have to manage. Yep. Uh, the bigger yard you have, the more you have to mow or the more you got to pay somebody to mow it for you. I mean, yep. on and on and on it goes. If you got more than one house, you got to manage two houses. Yep. Uh, let's think through all those kinds of things. I, I remember um, way back when housing boom, housing boom's happening again. Mm-hmm. But all of these people that worked in um, 
Gilbert. So if you if you don't go to Sun Valley, you don't live in Arizona, you got to look at a map. All these people in our church that lived in Gilbert at the time were buying these houses way out in Johnson Ranch, right? Mm-hmm. And they could afford to live in Gilbert, but they could they could get a bigger house if they moved into this house, you know, 35, 40 minutes, you add the traffic an hour plus away. Mm-hmm. And so they were moving out there for 500 more square feet. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to a friend of mine going, okay, you're going to you're gonna add two hours of drive time every day yeah. for 500 more square feet? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man, but that's just stupid. <laughs> but I mean, why, why do we do yeah. that? Because if you think about what that's doing to your life every day, what that's doing to your family, 500 more square feet is nothing. Yeah. And yet that's what we do. Yeah. Consider, consider the cost of how much time is this going to cost me? How much energy? What enjoyment am I actually going to get back out of this? And, and when you start to do the math on stuff, um, the, the reason why, because I used to ride motorcycles um, as well. The reason why I don't is because I actually have a motorcycle now and Chad keeps it in his garage and he, <laughs> he pays the, the maintenance on it and does all that. And I know that if ever I'd, I need to go out and have wind therapy, as you call it, you'd let me borrow your, your motorcycle. I'd much rather that and not have a bike because I don't have to deal with all the other stuff and I don't have to keep it maintained and clean. Thanks, by the way, for having that bike. Yeah, on uh, the flip side, Robert has a cabin. And so our, <laughs> di- our deal is you can use the motorcycle right. when, uh, anytime you want. If in the summer, I can go up and sit on the balcony of your cabin. Which so. when I go to the cabin, I end up doing work projects and end yeah. up fixing things. And yeah, end but up, do you, you enjoy know, it? I do enjoy it. Okay, too. well, that's yeah. all right. So, but I've had to do that, that whole cost analysis of what yeah. is this actually costing me? Jesus lived incredibly simply. And, and for some of you who are listening, this is going to be the first time you've ever heard this. Jesus wasn't poor. We, we like to think Jesus was poor. Uh, he, he was a, a tradesman for 30 years. And I guarantee you, uh, not 30 years as an infant, he wasn't, but he grew up as a, as a carpenter, as a... Uh, in, in his adult life prior to his ministry. Yeah. And I promise you, he was better with his finances than anybody in the history of mankind because he understands how they work better than anybody in the history of mankind. And so he also, he was surrounded by wealthy people. They had a treasurer taking care of the finances for the disciples. Uh, when he was crucified, they, they cast lots for his clothing because it was valuable. It was, it was seamless. And so they couldn't tear it apart. I mean, he, he's not this poor person that, that we believe, but... You might think that when you read his biographies, because he lived simply. Simplicity yeah. was a value and a, and a part of how he was so, Hebrew says he, he was anointed with joy, meaning he was one of the happiest guys you ever met, uh, probably the happiest person on the planet. Um, but simplicity was part of his his margin. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, he was also a man of sorrows, right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think he was poor because he cared so much for the poor. Mm-hmm. But Judas was the treasurer. Yeah. Uh, if you have a treasurer... In your organization, you there's probably finances. some money to manage. That's, <laughs> that's, that, right. that's exactly right. Um, I think you said it so well, Robert. We, we, have to, we have to think about what is this really costing me. The older I get, uh, freedom is more valuable to me than money. Mm-hmm. Uh, the less I have to take care of, uh, the more, to the context of this podcast, the more margin that I have, the more space that I have in my life. Uh, the more freedom I have, mm-hmm. uh, the happier I am, uh, the more that I uh, enjoy my life, uh, the more I can love my wife and my kids and my friends and, uh, you know, my church, the more I can, I can love them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're stressed out, when you're burnout, out, uh, when you're uber tired, you can't love anybody. No. And I think a lot of us just have to learn to be weird. Because mm-hmm. normal in our society is burnout, tired, and broke. Yeah. I don't want to be any of those three things. Yeah. Right? We're spending all of our money because we're trying to impress people we don't know. 
uh, we're burning ourselves out to do it. And I, I think we all just need to take a chill pill, mm-hmm. right? What does God want me to do? How can I provide enough for my, my family uh, to, to where we live a reasonable you know, mm-hmm. life? Um, those kinds of things are just super important. Yeah. Yeah. Telling yourself no and saying no so that you might have margin and space in your life is a really important discipline. Yeah. And the, the snowball of it is when you're moving at a fast pace, you don't have time to evaluate what is this actually costing me? You don't have time to evaluate. Why am I actually doing this? Mm-hmm. And, and so step one, create space to start doing that, to, to, to realize your most limited resource in life is your time. So give it some time to go, what am I actually spending my time and my energy on? Am I living with margin? Am I fully present with the people God has put in my life so that I can love them well, represent him well? And by the way, when you do that, you actually enjoy your life a whole lot more. Yeah. It's at the end of your life. When you look back like Solomon did or anybody, it's going to be the relationships that matter most. Yeah. And so evaluate your time, have enough margin to pause and go, what, what do I need to be spending my time on? Yeah. The best way to get what you want out of life is to decide what it is you want. And most of us aren't thinking about our lives. We're just reacting to the culture we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe just to end the podcast on this. When you get to the end of your life and you look backwards, what do you want to see? Mm-hmm. What does success look like to you? Um, the best way to predict the future is to create it. So let's start thinking about these things and let's let's be a little more simple uh, in what we need because we actually don't need a whole lot. Uh, and let's, let's provide some margin and some space. Uh-huh. That's good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.